with his might, with the strength of ten ordinary men. Hercules, people are safe when near him. Hercules, only the evil fear him. Softness in his eyes, iron in his thighs, virtue in his heart, fire in every part of the mighty Hercules. Welcome to Packers Without Borders, the greatest podcast on the planet. <laughs> Bienvenidos empacadores sin fronteras, dos papás dedicados al amor, la risa y los empacadores de Green Bay. Packers Without Borders, the greatest podcast on the planet. Two dads talking love, life, dedicated to the Green Bay Packers. Go Pack Go! Verde y amarillo hasta la muerte. You're edgy. You like it when I'm angry? Uh, ah. <laughs> I'm pretty upset. Dude. I woke up this morning to Twitter and the top 10 players under 24. And I saw that. Perry is not on there. Stokes, I get it, should not be on there. Not yet. Um, and Jair missed it by 110 days. So, but I'm going to compare Gary to Bosa, who everybody thinks is the greatest thing since fucking sliced bread and show them that Rashawn Gary actually scores out better and is actually better than Bosa and a lot of things other than the flashy plays. So fuck off. That's where I am. So, okay. So we have <laughs> unbelievable. Okay. So if you check my Twitter account, I am at 3,999 and then I go down to 98 and then I go yeah. back up to 99. So yeah. whoever's doing that with me, cut it out, cut it's it me. out. I will show ass when I hit 4,000. It may not be my ass. <laughs> okay, we've got mailbag question. Sweet. Not the one with hair, but with an envelope. <laughs> All right, mailbag. Just trying to access them here. Come on, fold. Boom, there we go. Okay, first one is from Nick. Nick says, hey, guys, how do you feel about the offensive line this year? It was a concern for me going into the draft. I had talked about it being the number two priority for this team leading into the season. Um, Bakhtiari, as much as he is there, it's been a year and he's still not running with the ones. He's still on the side with the rehab team. That's a little bit concerning. I think he re-aggravated that thing back in, in the Detroit game and came back trying to do something. And I think he re-aggravated it and is restarting. Um, so I do anticipate he will be back by the time that the season rolls around, but I'm a little bit concerned that he's not even, let, let's see training camp, right? That's the first yeah. thing. And then Elvin Jenkins, we've heard absolutely nothing about, um, he's on the sideline working out as well, but he's not there. And we already saw Bakhtiari 
get lost for an entire season because of the exact same injury. Now, as much as, um, you know, that Eldon Jenkins is much younger, right, than Bach at this point in his career, you'd expect him to recover quickly. But those are my two big concerns, man, because look, everything else is just quite honestly filler. Myers is going to do fine at center. We've got a backup center already there. Our guards are pretty established. We got Zach Tom. We got uh sean ryan who are probably going to be pushing for those so we've got some competition on the inside of the line it's just the bookends are what concern me with the offensive line and how healthy are eldon and bach because that's going to dictate the offensive line this year right i couldn't agree with you more that's exactly how i kind of feel is is where are we at with bakhtiari and where are we at with jenkins as long as we get one of them back i'm assuming bakhtiari first as long as we get one of them back i, I think we're going to be pretty good i mean we watched what we got last year with a whole bunch of backups, it looked pretty amazing. And uh, I do want to point out Josh, Josh Nyman should have played that playoff game. Let's He's move on. Salty. Hold on. He's salty. Have you noticed? Oh yeah. There's there's it, it's kind of player being polite speech, but he's upset at the fact that he did not start in that playoff game. There's it's good. You, you know go what? To the dance, you go to the dance with the one that brought you. Yeah. We said and he brought before. you and yeah. he brought you. Yeah. That that was bad. That was bad. That was bad. I thought they were going to put Nyman in there and then move Jenkins somewhere else. That's what I. That's what I was assuming, right? But what do I know? What do I know? I'm just some guy with a microphone and and a great haircut. So okay. So Chantel says, how do we feel about Aaron Rodgers not coming to OT uh, to the uh, OTAs? And how do we feel about the wide receiver group? So I just want to touch on uh, the very first thing about the OTAs. Right now, they are called voluntary. So voluntary means that you can go or you don't have to. Um, I agree that I think he does need more work with the wide receivers. I think that would be a plus for him. But again, these are voluntary. We watched him not show up last year and win an MVP. So And also shit the bed week one. And a little week two and a little week three. And a little week four. Yeah. <laughs> so, I try to give him the benefit of the doubt because uh, Zach Morrison, the linebacker for the Raiders back in the day, was on Sirius XM talking to uh, Big Papa and just kind of explaining the process of going into OTAs. And he actually started talking about Charles Woodson who everybody loves. And we actually talked about him, you know, yesterday on their Saturday on the pod. I don't even know what fucking day it is. Um, but I, I just, there, there is something to with me playing professional sports, not at that level, but playing on a team where you have to gel, you have to learn where everybody is, where it's that second nature of a pop pass to like a blind pop pass to somebody that you're not seeing in rugby kind of thing, where you just smell them and you feel them, you know, they're going to be off of your hip, right? That kind of thing is what you want and is what Rogers and Adams had and he'll have with Cobb, right? Because that just, it comes back very quickly, even if you've, if you've been gone for a while, but it's just me personally. It bothered me that I see Carr and Adams at whatever Adams is a state, you know, just throwing the ball, like just developing something. And I get that Rogers is not a big raw, raw guy. He leads by example. He sets the standard because he is, he is the 
biggest set the standard. I'm going to be the best. I'm going to be the MVP of the league and you're going to play in an MVP level type of leader, but he's not that rah, rah, everybody come in here. Let's hug type of guy. And, and I get it, but I think with as much transition that there was in who he's going to be throwing to, it should have been important. He shows up. I do again, not worried with voluntary. I I do want him in the mandatory mini camp. I do want obviously training camp. He'll be there, but there has to be some sort of rapport. And I don't I want to see him there at the end of July. That's what I want to see. I want yeah. to see him there at the before, you know, I want to see him in there for a few weeks working with these guys. And I get, I get, you know, I, I get the comparison. They say, uh, well, Charles Woodson never went to these things. Okay. Charles Woodson's defense isn't based on timing. It's based on read and react. Um, when you're a DB and when you're a wide receiver and when you're one of these guys that stands in a line waiting for your turn, you don't get very many reps in a practice. Okay. You don't get very many individual reps in a practice. So I can, I can easily justify why Charles Woodson would work out somewhere else. Why a wide receiver would work out, you know, somewhat by himself. But when you're trying to develop that quarterback to wide receiver chemistry, you need them there. You need them physically there because like you said before, Aaron throws the ball differently than everyone else does. And you can have Jordan Love, Kurt Bendekurt, the guy down the street, Matt Ramage. You could have whoever you want out there, hucking balls, the jug machine, getting these guys reps, but you're not going to get the arc that it comes off of his hand, the way that it spins, the feel of it in your hand, where it might be, you know, that sort of thing. How and he's got to adjust. How fast is Watson? Is what is? Are we going to see him overthrow MBS like he did a whole whack of times this year? To Christian because Watson, right? With Christian Watson, because we can't. Some of those are killers. I agree. I think now I know we're going to get some Aaron Rodgers. Ah, the guy's an MVP. Ah, the guy put up zero in the playoffs. Zero, zero in the playoffs. Okay maybe get in there a little bit earlier than last year, maybe just a little bit, even a week, even a week earlier than last year, just to show that, you know what, you want to get in there. I get these camps in May, half of these guys, what you got 120 players out there right now. Half of these guys ain't going to be there. Come There's July routines. These yeah. professional players have off season routines, which is part of what I'm respecting about Aaron Rodgers after yeah. a back MVP. He has a routine. He does as much as he's, climbing volcanoes and doing whatever it is that he's doing. He's getting his mind right to get hit the, you know, to get into his taint. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, sure. Whatever. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> whatever floats your boat. We're on fire. Oh, look, there's Bruce's wife. Hi, Bruce's wife. I'm glad we're recording. <laughs> I'm not editing that. That's staying. No, that's good. So, you know, and what, so the routine part of it, I think is important, but he's got his routine. He's fine. And I'm not so concerned about that. Like you said, I think it's just the gel thing. It's not so much. I don't care that he's there or not. It's just, I want to see him gel with these players. Yeah. If if we weren't getting a Christian Watson right now, I'd be like, whatever. Yeah. Whatever. These guys will get it. But at the same time, I wonder how much that affected Amari Rogers, because these are the times where guys like that get a lot of reps, right? The number twos will get in there and get a lot of reps where the vets will get some rest and they won't be there certain days. So, 
you know, you, you kind of look back at how Amari Rogers didn't quite develop the way he would and how all of his timing was off. And you think to yourself, maybe a couple more weeks with Rogers in the offseason might have tuned that up a little, you know? I think there's there's something to that. But part of the problem is, and you know this, Matt, being a coach, you're you're preparing even offseason and leading into the season. Obviously, a player who is third or fourth or fifth on the depth chart when you're trying to install a game plan for that specific week is not going to get a lot of reps other than what you're going to participate. So they do get some of the coaching, but not as much as the starters do. Right. So I think Amari's going to take that leap. Why? Because he's going to be forced into action. He's going to be part of the game plan. And I think that's going to probably help quite a bit where he starts getting more reps in practice. But yeah, I mean, it'd be nice to to have seen everybody out there gelling, whatever, you know, but then again, what if he tears his ACL and then everybody's pissed that he showed up to. He's going to be doing nothing, but just stand back there, tossing balls into a basket. That's all he's going to do. Yeah. So why show up? It's all good. It's all I'm saying. All right. Second part, wide receivers, right? Well, I guess it's kind of the same question. Yeah. I, I kind of, yeah. I just want to see him develop a little bit of a chemistry between these guys. I think Christian Watson is a dynamic player. And if he can get as many reps in with Christian as he can, that would be great. Five bombs a game. Right. And he'll overflow. He'll overthrow three of them. Yep. So, okay. <laughs> okay. So two touchdowns for 40 yards a game. I'll take that. Yeah. Mailbag done. Done. Don't, don't forget, if you have any questions for us on Mailbag, you can send it to us on uh, Packers Without Borders at Outlook.com or DM us at Borders Packers on our Twitter page. Thank you for the questions. Right They're always on, cool better. because it, it, it keeps us from, from really having to research and prepare. Yeah, that way we can just open up Mailbag and whatever. Here's your fucking Monday. <laughs> It is hard to come up with topics to talk about three <laughs> when times nothing is happening nothing going on, but here we when are. Nothing is happening. I do have something for you. Okay, let's do it. I, I woke up. Uh-huh. Carla Morrison, by the way, was incredible. Matilda's first concert. Right, right. Okay. Me, the opening act, dude. That picture, that picture of you rocking out mm-hmm. and the look on her face is priceless. You Not need to stage. make a shirt. Not you stage. need to make a shirt. You need to make a shirt because anytime. We go somewhere with my daughter. I'm always like, woo, this is going to be great. She's always giving me those looks. Oh, dad. Oh, geez, dad. Could you be any more embarrassing, dad? And one time when I was driving her to school, we were talking about it. And she said, well, dad, you know, it's just a little embarrassing. And I said, you know, growing up, my dad wasn't around. And my mom had to work so much that she couldn't drive us to school. So a lot of the times we woke up in the morning on our own, we made our lunches ourselves, we got dressed, we all walked to school, we all took care of ourselves until she got home very late. I said, so you know, if I'm a little overzealous, I said, I apologize. But you know, I had it the other way. She goes, that's okay, dad, if we can just tone it down a bit. And I said, sure thing, sweetheart. And when she stepped out of the truck in front of her high school, I yelled out, I love you, my baby. I love you. <laughs> it's, it's something that happened this weekend. And it, apparently when you go from age 11, 12, and in that, there, and there's like a little bell curve there where you're still daddy. And then all of a sudden they hit this peak and it happened with Matilda this weekend where I went from, funny dad to cringe dad to I'm going to look at you with that face right before a concert. Yeah. And I was just like, wow, I just lost her too. It's done. Now, now I embarrass her as well. So I'm embarrassing three daughters. It's great. It's, it's, it's pretty quick how they determine like, okay, so my, my son is 11, right? 
and we got him you ever seen sea monkeys you ever seen the little you get the little containers like brine shrimp or something that grow in yeah. there right yeah, yeah so we got him sea monkeys and he's been attached to these sea monkeys like oh you can see them swimming dad it's the craziest thing right and so we've been kind of doing this together and you know he's got his little robots and his you know his games and things like that that he likes to play with and so yesterday was our, uh, like every three months we go to Walmart, we load up on socks and underwear and, you know, uh, uh, cheap t-shirts and, you know, cheap sweats and things like that. And, uh, so we go into Walmart and, uh, my wife and my daughter are, they're getting their lady bras and things like that. And they're filling up the cart. I said, come on, buddy, let's go kill some time in the toy section. And not a word of a lie. He says to me, well, I don't need any toys. I was like, what? He goes, I don't need any toys. I said, why don't you need any toys? He goes, I'm a grown man. I said, you're Shut up. I thought he was going to say something like, oh, I've already got everything I need, dad. No, no. He said, man. he's a grown man. I said, you're 11 years old with a nightlight and you're still a grown man, eh? He goes, well, I just can't see in the dark. That's all. His, his balls <laughs> haven't even dropped out of his stomach. His balls haven't even dropped and he's already a man. I laughed so hard. I said, well, That's dad funny. wants to go take a look at the toys. Because dad loves, you know, the cool toys. They don't look like when we were kids, there was a lot more imagination that came into our toys. Now these things will walk, talk, light up, shoot stuff. Man, I saw a remote control, uh, a grave digger, monster truck. The headlights work. It'll, it'll rock itself up on two wheels. It'll do all these crazy things. And I'm like, dude, we have to get this. And my son says, nah, I, I wouldn't waste my money. That's what he said. <laughs> you kidding? I just, I just laughed. I'm like, oh. your your father is standing here about to buy you a $150 remote control RC. Because car. I want it. Because I want to play with it for maybe 10 or 15 yeah. minutes. You and know, and he's like, yeah. yeah, he goes, no, 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 no. I could use uh, some new books, though, he says. I said, there oh, you excuse go. me. So we go into the book area, right? And they've got all the novels and things like that. And I go, so which one of these books? He goes, oh, over here, dad, the Homer Simpson coloring book. Of <laughs> he yeah. went from grown man. As a grown, as a grown man, you color Homer Simpson and Lisa Simpson. Well, of course. Hank Azaria is the voice, is like every single ancillary character's voice in Simpsons. Most, habit, most people, most habits, most speaking. Yeah, oh, <laughs> I love I love Hank Azaria. He's awesome, but the the way your kids grow up on their own, on their own. Well, I'm a grown man, Dad. You're 11. <laughs> like, like I'm in my 40s. I want these toys. <laughs> yeah. You know who's a grown man? Rashawn Gary. He is a, a a lion amongst men. There was a list that was put out of this is what i wake up to matt like i'm in a great mood i'm super happy had a great time with my daughter and my wife last night it was amazing got to meet the estadio manse guys and girls from right before the opening act um really nice people all that good stuff and so it was a good time and then i wake up this morning and i checked twitter because i had some notifications i was like oh my picture of me with my daughter staring at me probably got some likes because yeah. Because it was classic. Oh. So I go in there and then all of a sudden, I see Mr. Mad Scientist, who's a very good follow, by the way, on Twitter. He always throws out little controversial things from people, right? Like he kind of stir he's good at stirring up the Packer fan base with what other fucking morons say. Yeah. So uh, top 10 players under 25 
per Trevor Sikama, and I'm really Sikama your shit, okay? Yeah, I'm sick of, I'm sick of him too. <laughs> <laughs> Number one, Nick Bosa. Okay, all right. Uh, maybe, Number two, yeah. Justin Herbert. Yeah. Number three, Jonathan Taylor. And, and you yes. know what? No order, but let's just kind of just name these guys off. Tristan yeah. Wirfs. Okay. Justin Jefferson. Yes. Yes. Micah Parsons. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Even though it's his yeah. first year. Doesn't matter. Dallas Cowboys found themselves a freak. Okay. Jamar Chase. Exactly. And <laughs> Jeffrey Simmons. Now, now with Jamar Chase, everybody yeah. says, oh, well, look at his numbers. Okay, fine. But he did get his first year, not with a new quarterback, but with a quarterback he played throughout college with. Right. So it's a little bit of an advantage for Jamar Chase because they had chemistry by like week three. Yep. Jeffrey Simmons for the Titans. Okay. It- AJ Terrell for the Falcons. Really? Yeah, he made the list. Okay. And then DK Metcalf. Are you fucking kidding me? Why DK? Is it because he can run once? I, I don't mean, know. We all know he can do an out route, but let's see him do a, uh, you know, uh, fade and go. Because uh, he can bench 450 pounds and look buff. That's why. No. Great. So anyway, Great. my point is, how is Rashawn Gary... Look, so Eric Stokes, I understand, rookie, had a great rookie season, but not top 10. I got it. Fine. Under 25. That's fine. If you're going to put Micah Parsons on there, you need to put Stokes on there. Well, and that's kind of my point, but yeah. fine. We'll, we'll let that go. Yeah. Right? yeah. And then Jair missed it by 110 days, just so people don't freak out. Why is Jair not on this? He's 25 in 110 days or whatever it is, okay. right? Um, but Rashawn Gary. Yeah, he should be top four. How the fuck is he not? So what I did is I went, they, they both got drafted the same year. Remember, yeah. the Packers chose Gary over Bosa and everybody was super angry that we chose Gary over Bosa. So let's compare the but, last three years, right? But you know, and, th- and this is like what we talked about the last episode where I said, Gary is at the floor. He's going up the escalator and Clay started at the top. That's the way Nick Bosa, Nick is at the top. We are seeing Nick's ceiling. Mm-hmm. he's and not he's going strong. to get he might maintain it for a while but there's he, nothing more there no no gary is just starting to climb up that escalator he's getting somewhat of the similar uh zedarius first year with us blew the doors off of everybody and everybody because of non-name recognition he didn't make a pro bowl he got snubbed on this and then the following year when his stats were even worse than they were the year before he gets called into the Pro Bowl and gets all the accolades, even though that year he probably really didn't deserve it. But none of his teammates voted him a captain, and that speaks freaking volumes. Yep. So, Nick Bosa, here you go, buddy. All right, we're going to compare him to Gary. So, 15 and a half sacks last year for Bosa. Gary? Yeah. You know what just dawned upon me? What? After he was not voted cap a captain, Mm-hmm. Did he and did he and Preston Smith do any more interviews together? No. Yeah, the Smith brothers were disbanded. Huh. So you wonder how much Preston Smith had to do with that vote. A lot. Weird. Strange. Well, he can go blow a horn with that single sperm on his helmet. Okay, Nick Bosa, Rashad Gary, right. bang. Bang. So here you go. 
All right, Nick Bosa, 15 and a half sacks, one pass defended, four forced fumbles, 40 solo tackles, 12 assists, uh, two tackles for loss, and 32 QB hits, right? Yep. Okay, Garrett. Pretty good, pretty good. Yeah, not bad, huh? So the only difference here is zero INTs for Gary. Doesn't yeah. matter. One for he Bosa. He doesn't play coverage. So passes defended, one pass defended for Gary, three passes defended for Bosa. Okay, edge there. Fumble recoveries, three Gary, two Bosa. Hmm, right? Ooh. And then total sacks over their career from 2019 to now, 16 and a half sacks for Gary. He had 10 last year. Bosa had 15 and a half. So, okay, flashy stats there. But total sacks, 24.5 sacks for Bosa in his career. 58 QB hits, Gary, 16 and a half sacks, 42 QB hits. We all know that Gary, the first year, did not really play at yeah. all. Yeah, um, and even um, and even his second year, even his second year was used in, in, right. in certain situations. It wasn't until last year that he finally got his starting. So to be fair, I was kind of looking at this. I was like, okay, Bosa, over three years, has outperformed. And I was like, oh, wait, no, he hasn't. Because in 2019, he played 16 games. In 2020, he played two games and missed 14 and then played 17 games last year. And, you know, Gary missed one game last year when he we thought that he his arm was ripped out of its socket. And I don't know how the hell that was. I just he's not human. Um, so I went to PFF, which I honestly fucking hate on social media, but their numbers and their website, the their algorithm is fine for calculating and comparing players. Here you go. Last year, they both played pretty much the same amount of games, right? So one game less for Gary, but solo tackles, Bosa had 27, Gary had 23. Assisted tackles, nine Bosa, 12 assisted for Gary. So they're tackling fine. They're both in the so ranked 26th average out of all of the players, fine. And then sacks, 10 for Gary, 16 for Bosa, or 15 and a half sacks. So fourth all overall for Bosa and 17th for Gary. And then fumble, force fumbles, two for Gary and four for Bosa. But when we get into the actual grades themselves, there were 88.3 overall for Bosa grade. That is actually near elite, right? 90 is elite. So they're they're teetering on elite. His run defense grade was a 61.6, which means he was good at it. And his pass risk grade was an 89.8. Overall, 88.3. Rashawn Gary, 68.9 in rush, which is eight points higher than Bosa. And an 88.9 rush, which is... 0.1, whatever it is, in a rushing grade for a total of 89.3. So when you look at all the combined stats and everything that they do, when they look at everything, Rashawn Gary was a better player than Bosa and is not on this list. Explain yourself. Well, I do want to bring up one concern about these stats. Um, Bosa's team was uh, seven and nine, uh, eight and eight and uh nine and eight whereas gary's team has been 13 and three 13 and three 13 and three so clearly or, or 13 and four and clearly um the packers offense was on the field more 
than the Chargers offense. So therefore, Bosa got more reps. The Niners. The yeah. Like when you take a look at who leads the league in tackles, it's always some guy from the corrummiest team because their defense was out there all day long. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like, oh, he had 350 tackles. How did he get that many? Oh, he's with the Lions. They won one game. Oh, well, that, that explains everything. The guy, the guy was out there all day long. So I think that has something to do with his numbers. The other side, like you had mentioned, Gary didn't really play the first year. We saw him every now and then kind of get subbed in. But it was mostly the Smith brothers. Then even the second year, he started rotating in just a little bit more. But he wasn't getting. He wasn't a starter. He was only going in third downs. It was irritating. It's like, dude, we're seeing the flashes. Why is he not playing all the time? Right? Like we're like, what the hell? Like we started seeing. Finally, finally got his starting season last year, and and I mean, he was he was a menace. Like this year, he's just going to be incredible. He's just going to be incredible. So. Yeah, I mean, I get Bosa should be on that list. There's a few guys that shouldn't be on that list, but I, I think you should be putting Eric Stokes on that list if you've got Micah Parsons because Eric, Eric Stokes' piece of work over 17 games was ridiculous. I mean, he's a rookie, and suddenly he's going up against the number ones, you know, and and, and he played phenomenal. Of course, right? And people, and yeah, and people go, oh, well, his numbers weren't very good, and it's like, well <laughs> – his numbers aren't supposed to be very good because they're supposed to ignore him. If they look the other way, right? If they throw to the other side of the field, he's not going to have any stats. Yep. And here you go. And this is why Micah Parsons, and remember, this is one year, and they're talking about Devondre Campbell being a one-hit wonder. Okay, what about Micah Parsons? Because people figure people out, right? Like defenses, you give like these quarterbacks, like Heineke for the Salamanders, when he came out and he tore the league a new one for three weeks, and then now he's relegated to practice squad because teams figure it out. But let's just so solo tackle 61. Well, they don't play the same position though. So should we compare Micah Parsons to Devondre Campbell? I'm just trying you to, can't. you can't, no. you, can't. No, you can't, no, you can't, you can't. They're two different players. It's like yeah. comparing offensive line to uh wide receiver. You know what I mean? Like they're both on the, the offense, but yeah, you can't really compare the two. I can tell you this, Micah Parsons, if he plays half as well as he did last year, will be a fantastic player. Period. 100%. Campbell Campbell's trying to show the league that he is a fantastic player. And now he's in the system that he needs to be. So he can be. Yep. Matt and Bruce, Matt and Bruce, Bruce and Matt, Bruce and Matt, Bruce and Matt, Matt and Bruce, Bruce and Matt, Matt and Bruce, Bruce and Matt, Bruce and Matt, Matt and Bruce, Matt and Bruce, Matt and Bruce, Bruce and Matt, Packers without borders, Packers without borders, Packers without borders, Packers without borders. We're listening to my dad and his friend Bruce on Packers without borders. Thank you for listening to Packers Without Borders. You can catch us on Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, and anywhere else you get your favorite podcast. And don't forget to follow us on Patreon.com front slash Packers Without Borders for some exclusive content behind the scenes. Check out our merchandise on Public Packers Without Borders. Peace. Go Pack Go. <laughs> you need to. Hey, ho. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
love it. <laughs> you, I can't. <laughs> this is Packers Without Borders. Guys, tune in. Great show. It's not just about football. I'll tell you, I, I'm happy with the defense I have. I'm happy with the way that we are. Could we use Micah Parsons? Absolutely. We could also use Sue. We could also use Aaron Donald. We could also use Ramsey. We could also use, I mean, there's a laundry list of guys that we could, you know, replace. But the group that we have, just like you went over the last pod, I think is just slightly better than the 2010 defense. And I'm excited. Mm -hmm. And if Quay Walker can play half as well as he did last year, He's going to be really good. He's going to be really good. Yeah, if that translates to the NFL, holy shit, you know. And then, and then, and then, Wyatt. If Wyatt contributes half as much as he did last year in college, dude, man. And you said this too, and this is what I'm kind of appreciating too. There's not a lot of pressure on these rookies to have to step in and do a lot. They're rotational players players at this point on the defensive end like we're we're going to rely on them quite a bit but it's not something where they're thrust in like Jair like Stokes was right where Jair like it was just Jair's out and then we're like what the fuck and just here you go rookie rest of the season you figure it out I don't think that's going to happen so much with with Kwai and with Wyatt and I think bringing in so many different wide receivers as well, not just having that number and look, and you said this before, not being a first round pick, take some pressure off of you where you don't have to be the alpha dog male because they do, they feel a lot of pressure. He's like, fuck, look, Lazard still has not signed. He is, he's talking about coming back, but he still hasn't signed because he thinks he's the one. Dude, fucking it, bro. I, I'm losing all respect for Lazar. I, yeah. I really am. I'm, I'm starting to now think maybe we maybe we go to the Cowboys. Maybe go we to get the rid fucking... of this guy. Because one bad apple. One bad apple is all we need. We already got rid of a couple of bad apples. Zadarius is here and this guy's there. Listen, Lazar, don't be that bad apple. Don't be Which, it. Because you're gonna miss out. You're gonna miss out. Do you think that there was and not paying MVS? I'm really got glad that he got paid bag, you know, ten million for three years. But do you think that it was somewhat of a mistake choosing Lazard over MVS and prioritizing him a little bit? Because you hear Preston and you hear Bach and you hear all these players that still are in contact with MVS like personally, and they screw around with each other, and they're still kind of bantering even though they're on separate teams. Do you think that MVS might have been a better at least locker room and co- contributor to the team versus Lazard, who's pulling this shit right now? I'm, just, I'm, I'm so okay. surprised with Lazard, man. I'm, I'm, so it's a little bit irrit- irritating. Let me put on my GM hat and take the feelings out of it. Yeah. Okay, $10 million a year for MVS is freaking ridiculous. Freaking ridiculous for a guy who's going to play six or seven games and pull his hamstring for the other 10 games. Overthrown two and, go, and, and, and run the wrong routes. $10 million a year is just too much. Lazar, as a player, better. Does he have as much talent or speed as MVS? Maybe not, but he's got more work ethic. You give me 100 guys that give me 110% with only 1% talent, and I will beat any team in the league every single day of the week. The problem is 
Where's Lazar, the work? Ethic? Lazar is now showing us his true colors. Oh, well, it's going to be me. Lazar, you're not a number one. You are not. You are not. You're not a number one on any team. And you know how I know this? No other team has grabbed you for three and a half million dollars, whatever it is, 3.78 or whatever it is. Yeah, 3.89, whatever. Yeah. It doesn't Second Nobody's round grabbed team. you. Nobody's, Nobody's grabbed you. You're worth the second round tender. Nobody's calling you. So as the GM, as Gutenkurs, I would look Alan Lazar straight in the eye and go, let me see your phone. Show me the teams that have called because nobody's calling me about you. Nobody thinks 31 other teams in the league don't think you're a number one. We don't think you're or a two one. because they would yeah. easily take 3.89 yeah. million for a two. Right now, we've got Lazar, Cobb and Rogers who are all slot receivers. That's our issue. And now mm -hmm. now we've got who's the other guy? Uh, Dobbs. Dobbs, mm -hmm. right? So now we've got a whole bunch of slot receivers. I think they grab Dobbs in anticipation of this Alan Lazar. And I think Lazar is going to miss the boat. And honestly, I, 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 if I was Goot, I would give him the, you either get your ass in there or I, I, I'm just going to sit you for an entire fucking year. Yeah, all you need to do is if he doesn't sign that, you can he's a restricted free agent you own his rights so yeah. what you do is you sit him on the bench or you reduce his salary to the the vet minimum of whatever $898,000 and fuck it you want to yeah. play great play for less than a million bucks ass hat and if you don't then fucking sit on the bench cuz you just freed up 2.8 million dollars for us to go pick up players during the season and it Show might me. be Julio Jones it might be a player at that point well, we'll have that money now. Yeah. Show show me your list of all the players who held out for a year and they came back and were amazing. Yeah, look at late the two that come to mind are Le'Veon Bell and, and, and how's Antonio, he doing? And Antonio Brown. And who how are, are they doing? Yeah. I mean, Le'Veon Bell was on the practice squad for the Jets before being called up after their rookie and their third running back yeah, got hurt. Yeah. All of a sudden, he got elevated from the practice squad. Yeah. yeah. And Toby Brown has mental issues and got oh. naked at a game and told everybody to fuck off and now wants oh, back. I, I broke my ankle. They want me to play on a broken I love ankle. my Steelers. I want to retire as Steelers. I want to retire as a Steeler. Look how many people are clamoring to sign up for that guy. And, you know, it just goes to show you what your attitude can do to your career. And if you don't believe so, go talk to Terrell Owens. Go talk to Terrell Owens. That's a good – that I and, you know, Terrell's a good dude. Like, he's a fun guy, but he's not – that's that's what I'm saying. Like Terrell is still tearing it up in the Arena League. He's yeah. killing – he's killing guys that are half of his age. He could easily come to the Packers and contribute immediately – but you don't want that bad apple in that locker room because that's then what he I'm starts saying. to tell and he starts to teach and he starts to get some of these guys thinking, oh, now, wait a minute. I could hold the team hostage and get myself the money. The, the problem is, is the record. And this is, this is the thing, okay? Mm -hmm. The Packers are more worried about the record than they are about the individual player. We don't want to be in obscurity paying somebody who doesn't deserve money too much money okay the Packers pay players go ask Rogers Bakhtiari Kenny Clark Jair go ask these guys go ask Devontae Adams who was offered way more money 
than he's getting currently with the Raiders, okay, if the Packers pay their players. The Packers pay their players. But they're not paying Alan Lazard because his body of work is so small. His numbers are so compact and minute. You And now you're going to hold us hostage? Right. Come on. Come on, man. You want to be the number one? Show up and be the number one. Be at the OTAs, showing everybody at practice and at camp, you're the number one. You're the best receiver, hands down, better than everyone else. Line up beside Christian Watson and put your money where your mouth is, Alan. Do it. Show everybody. All right. Tell me if this is worth $4 million or more. Ready? 59 no. total targets. 59 <laughs> targets. Yeah. Less than yeah. Aaron Jones. Yeah. 40 receptions. Less than Aaron Jones. Yeah. Receiving yards. 513. Less than Aaron Jones. I think <laughs> the kid, touchdown. I think the, Eight. the, the popcorn kid in section 13 had more receiving yards. We all understand that Aaron Jones is the number two, was the number two target. Everybody remembers that, right? Last year. Yeah. And I yeah. think this year he's going to be targeted nearly a hundred times and Easily. he's going to have about 70 catches. And that's Easily. what we're going to do because he is a phenomenal passer, a catcher of the ball, just yeah. like Dick has shown as well. We're going to use those running backs. So why the hell are we going to spend more than $3.89 million in a guy who had 59 targets, 40 receptions for 513 yards and eight touchdowns, ranking 57th, 67th, 65th, other than touchdowns tying for 12th, was ranked in the 60s. So you have 32 teams which means there's 32 players that are number ones. Then you have 32 players. So cut off is 64 at 65. Now you're a wide receiver three. He was ranked 69th, 65th, 67th. So he's a wide receiver three asking for wide receiver one money. And don't get me wrong, dude, the dude balls out. Like he yeah. does contested catches. He puts his body on the line. I get it, but you're not do Preston. Do the show us and we'll fucking pay you. The Packers pay like they will pay you if you show up, but fucking show up first. You're not going to get anything prior to being a good player, not a great or exceptional player, because that's not what you are right let now. Me, You're let, me, let me ask you something. Let me ask you something. Put, putting your GM hat on. Yep. Is there a free agent out there right now who could easily place, replace Lazar and produce 500 yards? And take your pick. Cole Beasley, right. who's like right. 97 years older than him. Thank you. P period. 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 This is the thing, okay? If I have an old car in my in my possession, and this is my old car, it's my favorite car, but this car needs... With the carburetor, not a computer. Yeah. This car needs $8 million worth of restoration, okay? In order for it to run. But then I look over at the... At the, at the dealership, and for about $3 million, I can get, a, maybe it's an older model, but that SOB will run immediately. And yeah, it'll turn and, over every single time. And, be and it's, a, it's a proven model. It's a faster model. It's a Hall of Fame model. Hmm. Hmm. Now, Alan, I want you to ask yourself, why would we pay you that much money when we can go to the dealership, pick up a used model for half and get twice as much production from it. Or I the mean, same, the yeah. same production. Let's, let's just be fair. And look, yeah. unfortunately, I think Alan Lazard, the, Laz the Lazard King, who I love, is never going to be on our pod after this rant. But it is ridiculous that you have not signed a con just 
Why? Why? Like, what is it that you want? This dude? isn't the time, man. This is no. you're, you're you're doing it. This is like this is like up here when 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 COVID hit and everything shut down, right? And and everything was balls to the wall, and our nurses were working like there was no tomorrow. And right in the middle of it, the nurses union started saying, we're going to start striking unless we start getting paid better. The entire public was like, we understand and we appreciate what you do and we love you. But now is not the time. Let's get through this and then you'll be rewarded handsomely. And that's what I think Alan Lazar should be doing. I think he should be signing it and he should be telling the club, this is my year and I'm going to put it up there. And if you don't give me the numbers and if you don't give me the money that I want after putting up the numbers, I'm gone. You don't think that another team, if he shows up this year after Devontae Adams beating gone and getting the limelight, doesn't come out and comes out with a thousand plus yards and eight to 10 touchdowns. Even 800, even 120 receptions or 80 receptions for a thousand something yards, whatever. You don't think a team's going to pick him up because one of the issues is he might be losing the locker room too. Because look, bro, there's a bunch of young guys that you could be mentoring. Right now, like maybe Rodgers doesn't have to be there, but the offense is like you see Cobb talking to Watson, you see Cobb talking to Dobbs, you see Cobb talking to Tory, you see. And, you let, know, and let me let me stop you for a second and just say, I love Randall Cobb, man. I love Randall Cobb, and if his name does not go in the Ring of Honor, it'll be a damn shame. Oh, it's going to happen. A damn shame. It's going to happen because yeah. he came back. You see how connected he is with his family to that community. He came back. His wife was crying that they came back to Green Bay. His kids were emotional coming back. That's what we need. But, yeah, I mean, rant over, buddy. But it, it was a lot of ranting here because it is very irritable or irritating to me to have Gary completely snubbed again on these stupid lists, every list that they put out. And I understand it's clickbait fodder, but I just I don't care. And the Lazard thing just has me perplexed. Um, it's been a lot of fun, buddy. It's been wonderful talking to you again. Last night was super awesome with my daughter. I hope everybody has a wonderful Memorial Day weekend. Remembering those that, that laid down their lives for, for us and the freedoms that we have. Some freedoms which are being taken advantage right now, which I don't think that uh, the men that laid their life down would be approved, would approve of what is going on in the world right now, what is going on in this country. So much respect to you. Uh, love every single one of you guys. If you guys see anybody out there, always make it a point to go up there and just thank them for their service. They are amazing people who have sacrificed their lives and families. Uh, my dad was a Marine, so I do understand, um, you know, the, the military lifestyle. I'm not one that traveled. He was done before I was born, but I was still raised in a military family to, to say the least. And to see everyone, um, you know, that is part of a military family have to move around and sacrifice so much. It is, it is wonderful to have that security blanket. So just, if you see a soldier out there, remember Memorial day, give him a hug. Um, and thank them for their service. Absolutely. 100%. I'm with you. Memorial Day weekend in the uh, States. Uh, last weekend was uh, our uh, our uh, long weekend up here in Canada. We call it Victoria Day. We honor uh, Queen Victoria. Eh, it's just another excuse to have a long weekend barbecue is That's what right. it is. 
right? Well, so um, if you're looking at uh, our Twitter feed and uh, you are noticing some uh, strange uh, pictures, maybe some movie uh, titles, scenes, that sort of stuff, something's happening. Something's happening uh, June 9th. And uh, we're going to slowly open the curtain. And uh, should we announce it today? Or maybe, you know what we'll do? What? Next episode. Okay. Because I've got um, a little bit of a, we still have, so it's not a grilling thing. And I understand this is the holidays and all that stuff, but I do have my recipe, which was the second. There we go. Hey, good looking. What you got cooking? for the recipe so this is for my mango uh tuna ceviche so ceviche if you don't know is basically any raw seafood that you enjoy whether it's so obviously the most common is fish shrimp but you can do scallops you can do octopus. You can do whatever it is that you want because basically what ceviche is is you are chemically cooking fish to where it's not necessarily raw with lime juice or some sort of citric um, juice. What I do is I take cubed up or you can just buy if, – if you're going to be buying the tuna itself. So I'm going to do tuna, but you can replace this again. Same, same portion size whether you want – uh, tilapia is very good for fish with ceviche. I'm not a big fan of tilapia because basically it's just catfish. So cod is pretty good. Um, but tuna, even shrimp, clean, deveined, completely, you know, you have to take off all the shells. You have to take off all the, you have to just cube it up and, and chop it up into chunks. You want to have probably, uh, I, I do a pound because there's five of us, right? So a pound of it, pound and a half two pounds depending on how much you guys want to to eat um so we're going to double it up probably let's do two pounds of whatever it is that you want whether it's fish shrimp or tuna then you're going to take um i like english cucumbers over the regular cucumbers english cucumbers have less seeds in it and they're just easier to chop up they have just a different consistency so you want to do for every pound of tuna or or marisco that you're doing, you want to have a cucumber. Then you want to have tomatoes. And these are the Roma tomatoes. Again, try to find the tomatoes that don't have a lot of the the slimy stuff in there. You want more consistency in there because it's already going to be wet. So Roma tomatoes, you want four Roma tomatoes for every pound. And then you want to have a purple onion. I usually do half an onion for every pound. So here you go. So it's two pounds of your fish, which means you're going to have one cucumber, half an onion, and then you just double it up from there. And that's the base, right? And then you're going to have one mango. Um, you can buy the frozen stuff if you want and just kind of thaw it out and chop it up as well. But you want to have the equivalent of one mango in there and then one avocado. 
So two, one, 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 one of all these different ingredients, you mix it up. Um, prior to actually putting it all together in a bowl, you want to take your marisco, um, which is the fish, the tuna, the shrimp, whatever it is that you're using, put it in a separate bowl. I do not use lime juice. And here's the secret that I have. So the first thing is I use lemons, not limes, because it's a little bit sweeter. So you don't have too much of the acidity on there, right? So you take that and you just spray at least a lime or two. It doesn't really matter how much you put in there. You just want enough to cook the, the amount that you're using. And then once you see that it's kind of starting a little bit white, you can see that it's starting to cook. That's when you take all of the vegetables and you dump them into and mix up everything with the lime juice, the mango, the avocado, the onion, the tomato, and the cucumber all blended all together. Salt, pepper to taste, however you want, it doesn't matter. Now here are the, there's three little ingredients that I throw on the end that nobody does, which is what puts it over the top. So salt, pepper, lime is usually how you do ceviches. I love dill. So take some dried dill and just sprinkle it on there a little bit. Um, if you don't like dill, then you can do oregano, believe it or not. So just some dried oregano in there. It's two different flavors. Um, this is more of a sweet because you have the mango in there. So you don't want, you don't want the flavors clashing too much. So for this recipe, use dill spring again, just healthy. You don't have to measure it out. Just kind of look at it, make sure you've got enough on there to cover it up. Salt, pepper, dill. And then I take some, uh, balsamic vinegar and just a little splash to kind of neutralize the acidity a little bit, because then it's going to be too lemony. So you just want to splash it with some vinegar, mix that up. And then once it's all mis mixed up and it's sitting in there, what you want to do, the final touch is you're going to take some honey, any type of honey that you want, and you're just going to kind of squirt it on the top of it a little bit and then mix it up. So that honey binds everything. And again, you want the balance between the acid and the sweet so that the honey at the end is kind of that last little touch. And then I take the rinds from the actual lemon and I actually zest on the top right before serving. So use up the entire piece. So it's tuna, cucumber, onion, tomato mixed up your choice of, of whatever it is that you want to eat, whether it's again, fish, shrimp, or tuna, mix that all up along with the mango and the avocado, salt, pepper, dill, balsamic vinegar, and honey, mix it all up and you're good to go. And that is some ceviche. If you have any trouble with it, let me know. Please DM me. I'd be happy to show you guys videos or walk you through it. Not a problem. If you've yeah, never go, done Go into Bruce's DMs for videos and pictures. <laughs> or, not videos and pictures, but videos of how to do something if you have any questions. That's, that's you know, that's, I, that sounds good, man. I, I, that, that's a great summertime you know, a uh, 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 dish there is, is, is ceviche. And oh, look at you. <laughs> oh. Somebody's been taking a Spanish lesson. Seriously. And you're taking as long, <laughs> the reason that we cook this way is again, when you're grilling or you're doing, it takes time, dude, that wagyu yeah. brisket took me 24 hours and everybody's like, we're starving. We want to eat. I was like, it's not for until tomorrow. Sorry. 
But so in the interim of cooking, it's always good. You have a nice bowl of ceviche there. Just put some crackers out. You can put some tostadas, whatever you want to have, eat it with and just put it out and let them munch on that during the day because it's not heavy, but it's still filling until you get to the actual meal of the meat with whatever else this is giving. So it's kind of like a good all day appetizer while you're grilling something to eat later on in the day. Awesome stuff. Shit. This sounds fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> so savory ceviche. <laughs> savory ceviche. Savory ceviche. I was fighting my way through the jungles of the Serengeti, trapped, surrounded by weird animals, sirens, lights. And then I started coming down from PCP and realized I was in the tropical plant section of Walmart again. So... <laughs> You sound like the dude from uh, Robot from Chicken, Mother of the Bride. Oh yeah, yeah, or yeah. Princess, or the Princess Bride. Princess the Princess Bride. Yes, yes. Most indubitably. <laughs> I don't think you know what that word means. Yes, it's, 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 it's inconceivable. It's inconceivable. It's a plethora. So yeah, no. I somebody's been taking his Spanish lessons uh, seriously. Especially since uh, there's a lot of times I'm on the phone with you and then you'll be like, yeah, hang on a second. And then you'll be rattling something off to your wife and, and she'll rattle something back. And I'm like, I'm they're talking waiting. bad about me. Yeah, right. Like I'm like, I'm waiting for my name. Like all of a sudden your wife's like, Matthew. And you're like, what? What? It would be, it would, <laughs> we would either say Matt or El or Mateo, which is the way you say your span name in Spanish, Mateo. So we wouldn't say blah, 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 Matthew, see Mateo or Matt. Oh, I thought it was Matt Latrice. <laughs> <laughs> right on, buddy. Oh. oh. I got to go. We're down to the nitty-gritty here. Yeah. We're finally uh June is the next one and we're getting close to our Father's Day, which is one full year of the podcast. Crazy. Crazy. Um and two big surprises coming up in the next week, man, week and a half. Two big huge, surprises. Huge, huge earth shattering. Well, yeah, a slight earth shatter. Yeah. Maybe a little yeah. crack in the. I noticed you've been messing with your hair. And last night. I have been. Dude, <gasps> I didn't comb my hair this morning. It's just all over the place. Look at you. That's podcast gold. <laughs> seeing your hair. I have the exact same haircut. <laughs> no, I don't. I haven't combed it or anything yet this morning. I, uh, it's a pouring rain day here where uh, it's supposed to be getting, it's, it's been raining since uh, yesterday. It's supposed to rain until Wednesday. Uh, dramatic uh, difference from last year where we couldn't get any rain whatsoever. And now this year we can't get it to stop raining. You know, everybody always says, oh, there's so much global warming and the weather has changed completely. And it's like, well, maybe not here in Manitoba because <laughs> If you had a bad summer, the next summer will be a good summer. If you had a good winter, the next summer will be a, or the next winter will be a bad winter. Okay. And, and, and this is just how, out. it's just how it is, right? Mm -hmm. If we had a cold summer, the next summer is going to be ridiculously hot. If you know, it, it's, it's always like that. So what are we expecting this year for our summer? Well, last year we had no mosquitoes and no rain. This year, the mosquitoes will be holding children hostage during the rainstorms. Absolutely. <laughs> It'll be It'll be ridiculous up here. Yeah. Yeah. We get, we get a lot of mosquitoes here, man. But again, while, you know, I posted that picture and you helped me, I knew I was going to ask you about it, but there's, 
awesome little nest because what when I spray my poison, it's it's like an organic poison, but it basically just blows up the mosquitoes and kind of doesn't really kill everything else because I like spiders in my yard. I like spiders. I like bees. I like birds. I like those are those are called Gordon uh, Garden Orb spiders. Okay, and, and you want you want those. Those okay, spiders good. are the thing. The crazy thing about those garden orb spiders is, is in the spring, you're like, oh yeah, it's about the size of a penny or, you know, it's just small. By the end of the summer, these suckers are like a 50 cent piece. Like, and, and they're, a little, they're a little scary. Growing. The problem is they put their nest right on a flower of where a tomato was supposed to come out. So it's because that's where the, the bugs go. Right. That's where the bugs go, right to the flower to get the nectar, to get yeah. the, the pollen and everything. So you may have to sacrifice a tomato or two, but they will keep your yard. We have a rule at, at our house. Spider comes in the house, it's done. Spider outside or on the house, it stays. Okay. Right? We, we leave it. I like spiders. And, and a lot of the time, I'll try and put it like on a, you know, like on a magazine or something and just throw it outside. Yeah. But, but some of them are, I mean, I'll be honest with you. Some of them I have to get my wife. <laughs> like I'm like sweetheart over here, and she doesn't. She's like just smack it, just done, right? And I'm like, <laughs> one time in our old house, a wolf spider, a wolf spider. I shit you not, it was like the size of a like a, a like quarter. a fifty cent piece. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was big. It had weight to it. I was standing in my kitchen on the phone, and I felt something go over my foot, and I looked down, and it was a wolf spider crawled right over my foot. It was like an Abbott and Costello movie. I was screaming for my wife like this. And my wife came in the kitchen after like five minutes going, you having a stroke or something? And I point down and she goes, oh, relax. I said, it went over, it went over my foot. It went over my foot. She's like, are you okay? Your lips are white. <laughs> I love I spiders. I love spiders. I, I didn't have a problem with it until... Uh, and you'll see it one day when you when you come out to the lake, we get these dock spiders mm -hmm. and you're convinced somebody left a glove on the dock. And this is what happened to me. Um, I went out to the dock because it looked like somebody left a work glove on the dock. And I thought, oh, crap, you don't want that blowing in the lake and losing a work glove. And I got within a foot of it. And as I started to bend down to get it, I realized, no, that was a dock spider. And the thing reared back and hissed at me. And I took three steps back turned around and ran faster than I ran my 40. I am telling you, I, I think I took two steps and covered over 200 yards. Absolutely. Gone. So to this day, when they get a certain size, I, I can't, I just can't do it. I just can't. Well, I told you how I got the nickname Spider-Man when I played football, yeah. right? Yeah. And I put the rubber spider in my helmet and I screamed yeah. like a little, like a little 11 year old girl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah, that and heights. I can't do heights. Me and heights have a major problem. I can go on a plane, but that doesn't bother me because you just kind of let go. You get in the plane and you go, well, if she's going down, there's nothing I can do about it now. We just have to, you know, put this in God's hands. But, you know, when when people are like, oh, you just climb up there and trim that branch. I'm like, yeah, no, I pay people to do that. I don't, uh, <laughs> I'm not climbing up there. I'm 6'3". If God wanted me to be higher, he'd have made me taller. Okay, simple. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good with heights. I can jump out of airplanes. I'm good with spiders. I, I'm just claustrophobic. That's what I have. I can't. Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm claustrophobic. That's my issue. We'll talk about that. So we could talk about our fears on Patreon. How do, how do we? How do we even? How do? How would we even put you in a? Oh, I got an idea. 
I'm going to take a bunch of fucking rubber spiders with me. Don't do that. I, I cry and weep. It's a little embarrassing. <laughs> you, watch this, you watch this great big tattooed guy saunter down the street like, oh, I'm going to kill everything. Ah, spider! <laughs> Right on, buddy. Bye. This has been Packers Without Borders. Try and be kind to one another. Try and love each other. And go Pack Go. Esto ha sido Empacadores Sin Fronteras. No se les olvide cuidarnos unos a los otros. Hasta luego.